0: Welcome to the A Different Kind of Psychiatry podcast brought to you by the ACO. I'm Dr. Chris Burritt. Each month, we feature a narrated article, case presentation, or interview or discussion with one or more of our doctors who practice A Different Kind of Psychiatry. We're interested in your questions and comments, and I would love to hear your feedback. Send an email to aco at orgonomy.org. The best way to help the American College of Organomy spread its knowledge is by letting others know about us if you enjoy the podcast we'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review if you're interested in attending one of our webinar presentations you can meet the doctors and join in on discussion afterwards if you're interested in training with the aco you can learn more about the medical orgone therapy or social ergonomy training programs you can connect with us and learn more at orgonomy.org. the journal of ergonomy is now on substack check out the link in the show notes to subscribe Select articles from the journal will be available free of charge. This episode features a narration of the article When Yelling is Music by Virginia L. Whitener, Ph.D., in the Journal of Ergotomy, Volume 56, Number 1. The article is a beautiful vignette of a medical orgon therapist's view of her patient, the patient's trouble with maintaining perspective, and the resolution by going through the patient's feeling in therapy rather than by dismissing them or dulling them.
1: When Yelling is Music by Virginia L. Whitener, Ph.D. Narrated by Hilary Kale Christ On a quiet late summer afternoon, I picked up phone messages at my office. One was from a caller, almost without introduction, yelling, veritably screaming and demanding, Call me! Please call me! I need perspective! The message, intense as it was, was music to my ears person was quite excited, obviously upset, and troubled, but I was delighted, heartened that she was able to express her feelings so vigorously, that she trusted me enough to give them to me and let me hear them, and that she saw or had a sense that some of the problems she was experiencing was not the event itself, not the conflict or whatever it was that had upset her, but possibly some distortion in her perception of the event, some misalignment between what had happened and the emotional experience as she was feeling it. She was becoming aware of possible inaccuracies and lack of clarity in her view and reading of situations. It is not uncommon for people to be in a situation where they know what they are feeling, they know what has happened, but they are at a loss how to put the two together. One could say that in putting two and two together, instead of getting four, They register 400 on their emotional distress scale, distorting the relationship between their emotional reaction and the situation, and not taking into account historical factors that contributed to their strong emotions in the moment. It is one thing to not have perspective and not see and accurately perceive oneself, or others, the environment, and the context of interactions and events, but it is an entirely different matter. To not have perspective and not know it, to have an awareness of perspective and when it has been lost, is a major function and a natural quality of mature, unfettered health, of healthy human life as and when it expresses itself, unhindered by fear and perceptual distortion. Any problems therein are especially visible in the social sphere, and developing clarity of perspective is an imperative step in anyone's therapy in moving toward health and improving overall functioning. This advance is dependent upon the recognition and accurate perception of excitation from within and outside of the individual. The person who left the telephone message, I recognized her voice, was a responsible, intelligent, conscientious person. She, under optimal salubrious conditions, showed deep perception and good judgment. When her emotions were stirred and she was energetically excited, her feelings could be intense and overwhelming to her. As the integration between excitation and perception was disrupted, intense feelings took hold, fear and mistrust bled, and confusion resulted. She lost perspective. Anxious and troubled, her perception of reality, the significance of a situation and the challenge that was before her, suffered. Along with a limited ability to slow down and reevaluate. When people, not necessarily those she particularly cared about, disagreed with her, panic at times resulted. As is typical for most people in a state of panic, thinking is affected. And as thinking becomes problematic, she's left terrified without knowing it, irate, miserable, unsupportive of herself, and unclear about what she's right about what's rational, and how to respond. If people do not see her point of view, life itself is threatened. She can become all the more agitated when not knowing how to respond to be correctly seen and agreed with by others. This flies in the face of her competent, responsible, can-do, active, in-control character and almost constant internal pressure to respond, to do something. Hence, the patient is all the more unable to calm herself. It wouldn't be conscionable in her world to leave matters as they are. Freud would say she has trouble decaffecting. Hearing her words, I need perspective, at high and intense decibels, I knew that Mary, a pseudonym, was halfway to hitting a home run, that she had a sense of the need for clearer thinking, and a more comprehensive and accurate understanding of herself and the situation. An awareness of being at sea, of seeing that her suffering was without perspective, especially as the intensity of emotional responses was likely more related to historical matters rather than current dangers, would help Mary on her road to healthier functioning and to successfully win the battle of being able to recognize anxiety and when present, its influence on her perception and thinking. And then, as we have discussed in therapy, there was more a possibility for her to slow down, look again, be on her own side, more accurately assess the situation, and see and decide what, if anything, she needed to do. As a result, she could exercise her competency, assert her needs and feelings, and utilize her capacity for depth and knowing what is important in the world. Her well-being, and by means of her contributions, that of the world and those whose care was entrusted to her, would blossom. In the follow-up to the above-described cry for help, the patient related that a disagreement occurred between herself and her son. The patient was worried for her son based on a social situation she had heard about. The mother had a number of children, but this son was special. The patient voiced her concern about what she thought was going on, with her expressions likely escalating when she felt she was not being agreed with. As a mother and in daily life, the patient can appear as pushy in moments of excitability when anxious and yet unsure of herself. In this interaction with her son, as the conversation got intense, the son, whom the mother loves and values dearly, abruptly hung up a new anxiety and an intense anxiety arose. Mary feared losing the relationship with her son, in addition to the danger for her son as she saw it, and she was troubled by his disagreeing with her. This conflict and anxiety precipitated her reaching out for therapeutic help, allowing her to express her intense feelings, cognitively sort out the situation, and helping her to see and remember by pointing out the strength of the relationship she and her son had, in addition to her son's well above average competency, enabled the patient to clarify her thinking and ease her distress. Later, there was also some education and discussion of the mothering effect, what I call the bullhorn effect of a mother speaking to a child of whatever age, given that is the mother speaking. Authors note, mothers often in society, especially authoritarian society, serve the role wittingly or unaware of moral arbiter, transmitting moral values, social guidelines, and rules of societal verboten, such that as a child is older, the mother's voice can become one of moral approval or condemnation, inducing guilt and anxiety, and not simply offering another viewpoint. To continue, whatever the words are, the effect is very strong as if one were speaking through a bullhorn. Much worrying on a mother's part can be experienced as offensive and come across as critical of the offspring, whether fully adult or not, and as lacking confidence in their judgment and integrity. In this particular case, the original situation that the mother saw as troubling was not likely to be of any danger to her son in the immediate or distant future, and was in fact unrelated to him. Any rift, if there was one, in the mother and son relationship was easily ameliorated. There was fairly immediate contact between the two, their caring for each other came to the fore without difficulty, and the son expressed reassurance, saying something to the effect that he knew that his mother acted protectively regarding his siblings also, all of her children, her brood, as her family put it. The telephone message, its reception, and the therapy that preceded and followed this incident show the unique stance of medical and social ergonomy and its treatment process. Emotion is not avoided, shunned, shamed, or negated. It is not medicated except in extreme disruptive circumstances. In social and medical ergonomic therapy, patients are not told in any fashion to quiet down, shut up, be nice, or get over it, but are supported in allowing expression within the therapeutic relationship and over time in making contact with deeper feelings and being able to accurately perceive, tolerate, Appreciate, enjoy the presence, recognition, and expression of genuine emotion, and appropriately assert their needs and feelings as discovered. Dramatic, contrived emotional displays may be pointed out, as they avoid and are ways of running from deeper feelings in therapy itself. Similarly, destructive acting out towards self or others within or outside of the therapeutic setting are pointed out and stopped as well. Biophysical and characterological intervention on ocular segment armor, including contactful engagement between therapist and patient, is central to orgone therapy improving a person's awareness of whether they are looking, seeing or not, and whether their perception is fleeting, shallow, minimal, non-existent, or more accurate and comprehensive. The process of therapy increases awareness and tolerance of excitation, perception and integration. Emotion is essential to life. It is how people register information about themselves, their environment and their circumstances. It allows and provides them the first step in perceiving and knowing what is going on, where their pleasure lies or may lie, what is dangerous what is satisfying and worthy of their efforts and attention, and what they need to respond to for survival and health, whether to avoid or to stop or to engage.
0: How do you feel after listening to this story? What do you think? I was impressed by Dr. Whitener's in-depth understanding of her patient Mary and her explication of the problem of a loss of perspective. While misperception and loss of perspective can be a central problem for a patient in therapy, it appears to be an increasingly common problem in people in all walks of life. The best way to help the ACO spread its knowledge is by letting others know about us. I hope you share this podcast with your friends and family and let them know about our work. You can connect with us at organomy.org i'm dr chris burrett thank you for listening to the a different kind of psychiatry podcast brought to you by the aco since 1968 the psychiatrists affiliated with the american college of Orgonomy have been helping patients discover greater satisfaction health and overall well-being in their lives whether patients suffer with mental illness struggle with addiction or feel unsatisfied with their work lives or relationships, medical organ therapy, as practiced by the physicians at the ACO, offers a way forward, often without the use of medication.